Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Spirit of Prophecy podcast. Hope you will be blessed today as we uh, cover another exciting subject about eschatology or end times, whatever you want to call it. And specifically, today we are going to talk about the coming of Christ and what it's going to look at. What will the coming of Christ look like? And I want to use this subject. We're going to go to the scriptures on this. But I also want to use this to illustrate why there is so much error on this subject. And uh, hopefully this will help you um, find out if you are going to the scriptures or you are getting your opinions from scriptures or you're getting your opinions from books and movies. And often what I believe has happened, and I've talked about this briefly in other subjects before, I even did a short about this subject about, you know, do we disappear in the rapture? Some of you might have seen that one. But um, often what happens is we will let a preacher, we will let Hollywood put an image in our head of something in the scriptures to the point that we think it's in the Bible. And there have been many times in my life where I, I have gone to the scriptures, convinced something was there. And then I couldn't find it. For example, I remember this was years ago. I went and I was, this is when I was real young. I was preparing for a sermon and I went and I was looking for the scripture where everybody was making fun of Noah while he was building the ark. And I couldn't find the scripture. It it wasn't there. I read it. I read it and I read it. I'm like, I know this is in the Bible. I've heard it preached. And, And I had this image in my mind of everyone mocking Noah as he's building the ark. But, you know, did you know that's not in the scriptures? It wasn't there. But preachers talk about that all the time. And I'm sure somebody probably made fun of them. But we've said these things so much, people get it cemented in their minds that it's there. There's been many things like that where it's like, I know that's in the Bible somewhere. And then you go and you look and it's not there. And when it comes to the subject of the rapture, there are images that have been burned in people's brains Images like uh, the one, you know, the images of people disappearing, you know, images like we see on Nicolas Cage's Left Behind, where boom, we see the little boy disappear. That's, you know, the lady there, all her baby dropped. I don't know who these, where all these clothes falling from the sky, how many kids were floating in the air when the rapture came, but then cars crashing everywhere. I mean, everywhere you look, just cars crashing, chaos. There it goes, crashing through the mall. I mean, we've all had these images burn in our brains, and yet these things are not described in the scriptures. What this scene that you just saw, it's this playing, this is something that is in all the rapture movies. We have uh, a lot of amateur videos that people have come up with just showing the same thing where people are disappearing, the preacher's preaching, you could be sitting in church service and the preacher's preaching and, you know, before it's over, I mean, listen listen to what he's saying here. Come at any moment. I want you to know, church, that Jesus Christ could come this month or he might come next week or he could even come... Oh, boy. Can he get saved? That's the big debate. Can he get saved after this? Or is he going to get the strong delusion? What's what's going on? So we, we've all got that image burned in our brain. 
let's just face it, it's burned in your brain. Every pre-trib pastor, when they start a series on eschatology, they're going to start out with 1 Thessalonians 4. And they are going to read that passage and they are going to tell you about people disappearing, cars crashing, planes going down, untold chaos like we've never seen before, people wondering where their children are, people wondering where their wife is. We, we've all heard these things. And I'm not, I am not here today to tell you none of these things are going to happen like that. But here's what I'm doing today. I am challenging you and asking you the picture that is in your mind of what's going to take place. Is it from the scriptures or is it from movies? Is it from books? And I believe, and I, and I think if you're honest, you'll have to admit that much of what you believe and how you interpret the scriptures is because you went there looking for evidence of an image that was burned in your brain from a movie where had you just read the scriptures in their purity, you would not have had the same thoughts that you have. And I show you this too, because even in that short that I put out, where I show that the Bible does not teach that we disappear, that is not there. People still try to defend that teaching. And the, and the, the real reason is, is because in their mind, their faith, it is based on an event that looks a certain way and they've gone to scriptures and they have kind of twisted those things into making them mean something that it doesn't. And so then when we have other passages of scripture about the coming of Christ that clearly show something different, they now say that has to be a different event. That's what they're doing. And they do not prove it. In fact, you can prove opposite, but because clearly these passages look different than the event that's been burned in their brain, they are convinced that is a completely different event. And, it, and I hope pre-tribbers will watch this. I hope you will follow along with me and I hope you will be honest with yourself as we go through this. Because here, uh, here's, I'm going to show you what everybody does and you can't deny every preacher doesn't do this from the pre-trib world. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4. Everybody's going to start in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 when it comes to any teaching on the rapture. And it says in verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the uh, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now let me ask you, I hope you're looking at these words. Where do we see a vanishing? We don't. And I know what you're thinking. We go to other places. We're going to go to those places. We don't see a vanishing here. What, here's what we do see. We see people in the graves, our loved ones that were missing. We see the Lord descending from heaven. And remember what the angel said in Acts. This same Jesus, which is taken from you, who they visibly saw ascend into the clouds and then a cloud received him out of their sight. That angel said he will so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. He went into heaven visibly. He will and went into the clouds. He will return in the clouds visibly. So, and, and what we're seeing in 1 Thessalonians 4 fits with what the angel said in Acts chapter 1. So we see the Lord descending. We will see him. We will see him. 
I'm going to keep saying that. We will see him. He's going to come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. He's going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. We see our loved ones rising from the dead who are saved, which is the main context of this passage. Not just the return of Christ, but the resurrection of the dead. He did not want them sorrowing over those who are asleep or sorrowing like others who have no hope. So uh, nothing in here resembles a vanishing, but we do see Jesus coming in the clouds. We see Christ coming in the clouds. We see it called the coming of the Lord. Okay, so Jesus Christ coming in the clouds. That's what these words say. Nothing about a vanishing, anything right here. But here's the, uh, then the next passage that people will go to is 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, this is where they get their verse to uh, help it resemble what you saw in the Left Behind video, where it says, where Paul is describing the kind of body that will come back in the resurrection. And he says, behold, I show you a mystery. He's not revealing the rapture. He's revealing the changed body. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. So here is where we get the disappearing from, is the twinkling of an eye. And people will tell you that the entire event of the rapture, the return of Christ, they won't say the return of Christ or the coming of the Lord, but of the rapture happens like that in the twinkling of an eye. But that is not what's being described there. What is being described is a transformation, a change. He's describing the resurrection and also those of us who are alive and remain because we will not all sleep. Not everyone will die. There will be those who are alive and remain, but those people will be changed in a moment and in a twinkling of an eye. That does not equal disappearing. It absolutely does not equal disappearing. We put that with being caught up in 1 Thessalonians 4. Still does not equal a disappearing. It absolutely does not equal that. That is how you will put these things together if you are trying to uh, prove an image that's been put in your head by a prophecy preacher, because you've all heard the prophecy preacher said that, a prophecy book, the Left Behind movies, Thief in the Night movies, whatever. That, But do those passages give you that image by themselves? Would, tho would those words put those thoughts in your mind? Absolutely not. They would not do that. But... People have taken those two passages, they've described the event, the scenario that we watched on those videos, and so people are convinced that is what the rapture looks like. So when people like myself come along and we try showing you this is what the Bible says about the return of Christ, people separate these things into two different events, like, no, those can't be the same event. I mean, what we're seeing in Matthew 24 and in these other places does not in any way describe the event that we see in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 5, chapter 15. Look at how different those things are. Actually, they're not different. It's just these other passages don't fit your left-behind image that has been burned in your brain. 
your thief in the night image that's been burned in your brain. But let's go to some of these other passages that people will go to less often from the pre-trib world that without a doubt are describing the coming of our coming of the Lord that we will see. Okay, and so stop with this distinguishing between the rapture and the second coming. First Thessalonians 4 is referring to the coming of the Lord. Without a doubt, it's the resurrection. Same event of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But I, I submit to you that what the Bible describes, what the image of the return of Christ that the scriptures puts in our minds is so much better than what the left behind books, than what the pre-tribbers are teaching. So let's go ahead and look at a few more passages because, again, from those two passages, people have caught, gotten this idea that did not get burned in their mind from those two passages, but from books, from movies of a secret rapture where everyone is just going on their merry way one day and then just boom, people disappear and nobody knows what happened. But that is not what is described in the scriptures. What is described in the scriptures, especially too for believers, we're just going to be walking along one day and then just boom, we're gone. No, that is not what the scriptures teach. The angel told the disciples that he, Jesus was going to come back in like manner as he have seen him go into heaven. And in first or in Titus 2.11, it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he's telling us to look for the blessed hope and glorious appearing. Now, many people are telling you, and many people are saying this, and I've showed this in books, that the blessed hope and glorious appearing are two different events. There is nothing in this scripture that gives us the idea that the blessed hope and the glorious appearing are two different events. I mean, do you see anything in that passage that tells us that? No, he's telling us to look for the ble that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We will see the glorious appearing, but here's the problem. The words glorious appearing implies that we will see it. And that is not the image that we saw in that Left Behind movie. That little boy is just hugging his sister and then he's just gone. No, when Christ returns, it's his glorious appearing. It's visible like his ascension to heaven was visible. We will see him coming. And you're going to see why they don't want you thinking that. But without a doubt, Titus chapter 2 is what we would call the, well, they'll call it the blessed hope. Not the rap, you know, it's the blessed hope. They will tell you that is the rapture, but they will tell you the glorious appearing is a different thing. Because again, that puts a different image in their mind that does not fit with their movies. But what, what in the scriptures tells you it's a secret rapture where we disappear? It's not there. And I'm showing you this to show you, you have been influenced, you have been hoodwinked by, by movies, by things that are not scripture. So the blessed hope is not just the rapture, but the fact that we will be changed and be like Christ at that moment. People used to have a desire to be like Christ. Your blessed hope is that you will get raptured out of here before your bills are due. That's your blessed hope. Some people used to have a blessed hope they would be like Christ someday. 
But there is absolutely no way to prove, there is no way you read the scriptures and think the glorious appearing is not the coming of the Lord described in 1 Thessalonians 4. In fact, Colossians 3, 4 says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. How is that not the glorious appearing? How, I mean, folks, look at that passage. How is that not the glorious appearing? Christ's return is his appearing. He's going to be visible. He's going to show himself. And first, um, let's go to 1 John chapter 2. And look what it says in verse 28. And now little children abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. That is what we're looking for. Are you going to try to tell me that's not the rapture? But what does the Bible call it? His appearing. Why don't we hear pre-trivers ever refer to it as his appearing or his glorious appearing? Because their textbooks won't allow them to do it. Because those words put a different image in their in the people's minds than the image that they are trying to put in their minds that fit movies, that fit theological books, not the scriptures. Look what it says in 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. What's, now, what does that sound like? That sounds to me like we're the, God's sons, we're the sons of God now, but we don't look like it. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. We still have a corruptible body. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Notice when he appears, we'll be like him. You know what that sounds like? Behold, I show you mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, a twinkling of an eye. When he appears and we see him, then we are transformed. We will be like him in a moment, a twinkling of an eye. But again, you don't hear pre-trivers talk about that because of the fact that shows us seeing Christ return. They don't want that image in your head, and we'll see why, why in a little bit. Now, here's a question. When our bodies are changed, what will our bodies look like? Okay. Now, I'm not going to pretend to tell you I know exactly what that's going to look like, but I think I probably could give you a good idea based on the Word of God. How about in Matthew 17, in verse 1, it says, And after six days Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. So notice how uh, Christ, at his transfiguration, how, he, how he sh his face did shine as the sun. Now, let me show you something else that, again, this is going to bother you if you're a pre-trivor. But in Daniel 12, 1, at that time shall Michael, who's Michael? The archangel. The Lord himself should ascend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. The great prince which stand for the children of thy people. And there should be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even at that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, everyone that should be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth 
shall awake. Some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Uh, that sounds like a resurrection that's taking place right there. And watch this. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever. So notice at this resurrection that's described in Daniel chapter 12, we have people shining like the brightness of a firmament. What does the Bible say? It says, when we see him, we are going to be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And you say, well, this is all great stuff. Why would people have a problem with this? Because it's painting a different image than the one every pre-trib prophecy preacher puts forth in their church. And you know what else it does too? It might make us think that, okay, well, if we're going to be like Christ, if we, if we do, if we get it in our heads that, wait a minute, when at the resurrection, when Christ returns, we're going to shine like the brightness of a firmament. That might put it in our minds that, you know what? The Bible also does say that when we see him, we will be like him. Well, what is he going to be like at his return? Well, the Bible also talks about how uh, in 2 Thessalonians, how he's going to uh, destroy the devil with the brightness of his coming. When he comes, he's going to be shining. We're going to be like him, but oh no. You know what that's going to put in your mind? That's going to put a picture in your head like we see described in Matthew 24 which their theology that they are married to, you know, you know, will tell you that is not the rapture. But folks, it is the rapture. What we see in Matthew 24 does not look like the left behind clip that I showed you. It does not look like the events that the pre-tribbers are describing that happen at the rapture. That's not what that looks like. But if you only read 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15, you, will never, you can't get that image in your mind. If you already have that image in your mind, and then you go to the scriptures looking for something to back it up, nothing in those passages disproves that. But if we actually get the image in our minds that the scripture puts in there, only with the scripture, without a doubt, we will connect them to these other scriptures. We will connect them to Colossians 3 to 1 John 2 and 1 John 3. Without a doubt, we will do all these things. And so understand that when Christ returns, this is indisputable. We will see him. Our bodies will be changed. They will shine like the brightness of a firmament. And then, and, and, and this is where I'm going to get into stuff where people are going to disagree, but you can't disprove this. The only reason you are seeing a completely different event is because you have an image burned into your brain that is from movies and books, not from the scriptures. But let me tell you what, uh, what the scripture teaches and promotes. And I'm not going to take the time that I probably need to just convince all of you that these are, in fact, the same event. Okay, hopefully what I've done for the pre-tribbers in this video is I've got I, I can get you to be honest about where you're getting these images from that you are preaching because you didn't get them from the scriptures you got them from movies you you there there is it's indisputable that the Bible does not describe uh, an event that looks like what you're talking about you got it from movies but let me let me tell you what I believe the coming of Christ is is going to look like. First off, 
Revelation 1.7 says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. And you're crying out foul. That is a completely different event. That is the second coming. That is not the rapture. Again, even though the passages in 1 Thessalonians 4 call it the coming of the Lord. Even though in 1 Thessalonians 4, he's coming in the clouds. Even though the angel told the disciples in the 120 that he is going to come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. He's going to come in the clouds. It will be visible at his return. But not only does that left behind clip have no one seeing it, including the saved, but it also, but the Bible makes it clear that every eye is going to see him. But you have the, you have an image in your mind where no one sees it. And so when you see every eye seeing it, uh, seeing him, you see a completely different event. But that's not because that conflicts with other scriptures. It conflicts with this movie right here. It conflicts with that. It conflicts with that image that you are trying to force into the scripture. Why are clothes falling from the ceiling? Were, were a bunch of kids just hanging over the balcony in the mall? Were they hanging from the ceiling? What was that? What on earth? Folks, this is stupid. And why why is this lady in the car dead? The car is barely smashed up or anything. I mean, it, did, it wasn't even that hard of an impact. I can see that the driver disappeared, but why is that lady dead? What, what did she, what did she die from? This is, that movie was so stupid, folks. Come on. You know, but, and that was a Hollywood one too. I think, I think Hollywood was making fun of you people when they made that movie. And some of y'all liked it. That's pretty sad, but let's go, let's go back to more scriptures. So I believe, I believe everyone's going to see Christ at his coming. I believe we are going to see him and those who are saved are going to be changed. And then that's going to be helpful. Because in Matthew 24, 27, it says, For as lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And I've heard people use this verse to prove, well, the whole coming of Christ is like lightning. So it's still just like that. Okay, so this is the rapture now. Y- y'all got to take your pick. Is it the rapture? Is it not the rapture? It says, For wheresoever the carcasses, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, okay, let's get an image in our mind from the scriptures. Okay, I, I know I'm losing some of you pre-trippers right now because you're convinced this isn't the rapture, but let me put an image in your mind that's in my head that came from the scriptures. Your image didn't come from the scriptures and you can't prove it. You, you display what you describe you know, uh, in your churches and in your sermons about the rapture from the scriptures. You can't do it. What I'm describing looks very different than what we saw in those clips. It looks very different from what you're describing, but it is what's in the scriptures. And so look what it says. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. So think about this, all right? This is, this is the pic- image that's in my mind. Okay? Something happens in the sky where the light from the sky are gone, which means it will be very dark on the world, in the world. Now, you all have been singing when the roll is called up yonder in your church forever, when it says on that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise. I, I know I just offended you by attacking a hymn that we all sing. But listen, on that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise, it literally says in the scriptures, 
and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. So why are we singing on that bright and cloudless morning? You know why? We're putting an opposite image in people's minds of what the scriptures actually describe where there's clouds and where there's darkness. And so think about it. It's dark in Revelation 6, 14. It says, and the heaven, this is when the sun has turned to darkness, the moon into blood. It says, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. In Revelation 6, we're seeing an earthquake. We're seeing darkness. We're seeing the sun go dark. We're seeing the moon turn red. We're seeing the stars fall. We're seeing the, the sky roll back as a scroll. What, you know, what does that look like? How does that appear? What's going, what's going on exactly? And while I don't know for sure, and while I'm, you know, I can speculate a little bit, here's for sure what we're seeing. We're seeing darkness come, and then we are seeing Jesus in the, uh, come in brightness. And it says, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, like we saw in Revelation 1-7. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. What's going on? Everything's going to go dark, which will get people's attention. How long will that last? I don't know for sure. I think it's all going to happen pretty fast. But when it does, Jesus Christ is going to show up. Every eye is going to see him. When we see him, we are going to be changed in a moment and in a twinkling of an eye. When, uh, When we see him... We are going to, in this dark world, we are going to shine like the brightness of a firmament, which is interesting too, because it's going to make it real easy for the angels to come and to gather us up. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. You know what that looks like to me? That looks like a gathering. Why do you say that, Pastor Tommy? Because it says, and they shall gather together his elect. And again, how, I mean, God forbid we call it the gathering, because if we call it the gathering, we might go to Second Thessalonians 2, where it says, No, we beseech you, by the brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That son of perdition is going to be revealed before the coming of Christ, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And then notice in verse 8, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, that is exactly what we see in Matthew chapter 24, where he's doing many signs and wonders, and he's deceiving people with those signs and wonders. And after Satan does that, Jesus Christ is going to return, and he is going to destroy him with the brightness of his coming. So, folks, do you realize how much cooler of an event that is? Not one where we're just all walking along one day and just everybody disappears and cars crash. No, it's one where everything goes dark. Everything is going to go dark. And then we're going to see him coming in power and glory, shining like the brightness of the sun. 
He's going to send his angels to gather the elect. And I've heard people even teach that that can't be the same event as 1 Thessalonians 4 because 1 Thessalonians 4 says, for the Lord himself, meaning by himself <laughs> is, is what they do. But it's like, no, it's going to be the Lord himself is going to return. The Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. Um, so it's like, it's not by himself. Right there, it mentions the archangel being with him. And so, and notice in, in Matthew 24, he is sending his angels with the great sound of a trumpet to gather his elect. And when Jesus Christ returns, he's not just going to send the angels. No, he's going to come with them. He's going to send them to gather us up and we are going to go and we are going to meet the Lord in the air. That's what's going to happen at the return of Christ. And so understand there... No one has done anything to, that comes even close to proving these are different events. Here's what they do. They burn an image in your brain. Every pre-trib series starts off talking about, starts with 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 15. They go into their spiel about cars crashing, planes crashing, people disappearing, wondering where their kids were, all this kind of stuff. They go, they go into all that stuff. People are going to be wondering what's going on. People are going to be looking for answers. The Antichrist is going to come along. He's going to sign a seven-year peace treaty with Israel. And then you know, and they, they go into all, they just, they just go through preaching late great planet Earth, left behind series, talking about the thief in the night movie, not displaying any of this stuff from the scripture. These are the things that they do. And it puts an image in your mind of just people disappearing, not nothing happening in the sky, just boom, we're gone. And then whenever people come along and they start using these other scriptures and they say things like after the tribulation, when they say this happens after the son of perdition is revealed, when it said, when all these things are clearly after events that people have been conned into believing we're not here for, they tell you it's a different event. That's what they do. And they don't prove it. They don't prove it. And so it is, it's, it's, a, it's manipulative, it's deceptive. They, with two passages, with two, pa that's it. With two passages, they burn, they burn this image into your brain. With, with two passages, they burn that into your brain. That, that's not in those two passages. But that, yet they get you seeing that. They get you thinking that way. And then when you see scriptures that describe something different than that, you think, yeah, that has to be a different event because we know that's going to happen. No, absolutely not. You have gotten your theology from books and movies and stories prophecy preachers are telling. And you know what we do right now? Right now, we're going to have pre-tribbers doing like I did one time, searching the scriptures, looking for those, looking for that passage where it describes a disappearing. Because you know it's there. You've heard it preached. No, it's not there. Folks, I looked. It's not there. I've looked over and over again. It absolutely is not there. What we see described is completely different. And just because the events of Matthew 24 and Revelation 1-7 and Colossians 3 and 1 John 2 and 3 describe something different, it does not mean they are different events. It's di That's only different than the image that's been put in your head, not from the words of God, but from the words of men, from books, from movies, and you need to admit that. You need to, you need to recognize that. What I'm showing you here, it is indisputable. And what the Bible describes is actually way cooler. 
things getting dark, and then Jesus lighting everything up with the brightness of his coming, us seeing him, and then us being transformed in a moment, a twinkling of an eye. We will shine like the brightness of a firmament. You know what? People, people are probably going to see that. Imagine, you know, they're probably, imagine, you know, I picture it being dark and then, you know, maybe I'm standing by some lost people and all of a sudden they see me start shining. Like what is happening here? Next thing you know, an angel swoops down, picks me up and carries me up into heaven. So it's like at one moment you have the stars falling from heaven. And then the next moment you have people who are shining like the stars getting caught up into heaven. That's going to look really cool. That is way better than what we're seeing on that movie right there. That is what the Bible actually describes. And so just uh, the, some final verses I want to look at too. That just again, uh, put a different image in your mind. But when Jesus Christ appears to, um, you know, judgment is going to take place during that time. Revelation twenty two twelve, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according to as his work shall be. We see in 2 Timothy 4.1, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, the quick is the living, at his appearing and his kingdom. And verse 8, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Notice, notice that the, the words that Paul uses are the last words pre-trivers want to use. His appearing, his appearing. He's going to give a reward at his appearing. Is this something he's talking about? Seven years, a completely separate event? No, it's at his appearing. Oh, that's not the glorious appearing. Are you kidding me? Are you going to tell me that this is not referring to the rapture? You know it is. First Peter 5, 4, and when the chief shepherd shall appear. Ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Uh, Hebrews 9, 27, as appointed unto men, once did I, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And folks, I, I've got it right in here. They've got a whole section here about how the rapture or the blessed hope and the glorious appearing are two different events. I have books by Fundamental Baptists where they say the same thing, that the rapture and the glorious appearing are two different events. Why? Because the rapture, their definition of the rapture, which is not a Bible word, their definition that they came up with, that the theologians came up with, is an event where the people disappear. Just one day, just boom, they disappear, happens in a twinkling of an eye, boom, they're gone. But the glorious appearing the glorious appearing, if you define that from the scriptures, if you go to all the places about the appearing, it puts a completely different picture in your mind. So that's why they are convinced it's a different event. But I'm showing you from the scriptures, it is the exact same event. And it takes a great level of hypocrisy to deny it. Because you all know, too, these appearing passages, you've used them about the rapture. And you were right when you did it. But at the same time, if we call it that, if we call it the glorious appearing, that doesn't put a, a picture of a secret rapture in your mind. And that's what you want. And that's why they will always call it the rapture. Because the rapture 
is not a word that's in the Bible, so they are able to define it for you. And some people might define it accurately, but either way, it's your word. It's, it's, it's another word. It's not a word that's in the scripture. So what? it's stupid. I'm not going to have the argument about definitions. I'm not going to argue about that. If you don't want to use the term rapture, you're probably, I, I think that's probably good. I, I'm trying to use it less and less all the time because I love triggering people with using the words of God because you, you can argue definition of the rapture, but if you, you can't argue appearing, glorious appearing, you can't argue that. If we would call it that, if we would call, if we would use the words the Bible used, it would paint a completely different image in people's mind. So, uh, understand, you know, the, the glorious appearing, that is, that is the coming of the Lord. That is what we're looking for. That is what you, you are wanting to call the rapture. Second Corinthians 5, 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to as he hath done, whether it be good or bad. It tells me we kind of need our body there when we have that judgment. And that hap- when does that happen? At the coming of the Lord, at his appearing. And, so, and I'm thankful that when I stand before the Lord, that it will take place after a time of purification. The sense, too, my body will have been changed, transformed. But also, too, this is the last thing I want to mention. I'm not even going to go to the scriptures on this. But you want, to know, you want to know one of the reasons the coming of the Lord is going to be so much better and so much more exciting than what you see in that clip for saved people is because it is clear from the scripture when the Lord comes, there. I do believe there will be a great anticipation of it because of the trouble and persecution and tribulation that we are going through. Right now, most Christians don't really care if he comes back today or not. Some of y'all have a lot of stuff you're looking forward to, and you would almost prefer that it happen after that. You're fine either way. But you know what? If we're going through tribulation, we're going to be real excited about that. And what's so interesting is years ago when I was reading the Left Behind series, back when I was a typical pre-tribber, I got to the towards the end of the books, and it was the one... Uh, it was like the 11th one. It was right before the glorious appearing or Armageddon as they had it in the books. And I remember in the, in those books, they were able to figure out and they knew that Jesus Christ was about to return for Armageddon. They knew that in the book and, and, you know, in the left behind books, they were great literature as far as uh, they were entertaining. They were well-written and I remember I'm, I'm reading that book and I was so into those books. I was so excited. And I thought you could just see the, you feel the anticipation from the writings of those books that the characters had where it's like, Jesus Christ is coming back today. And I remember thinking, man, you know, how awesome would it be to just know that Jesus Christ is just about to come back? How cool would that be to know that? But I remember thinking, but it'll never be that way for us because he's going to come when we least expect it. But at the same time, uh, now I look back and I think, are we sure about that? It actually could be that way for us. And that thrills me and excites me. I mean, it does say in 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, but ye brethren are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Uh, It also talks about in Revelation, the one church, it said, if thou will not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. 
Well, doesn't that mean if we do watch, he won't come on us as a thief? Is it possible that when the coming of Christ does come, that while we might not know the day or the hour, that we will be very well aware of the fact that it's that close? That's super cool to me. That's very exciting to me. And let me tell you, I believe this pre-tribulation doctrine, the Left Behind series, the Thief in the Night movie, the prophecy books by pre-tribbers have made this event. They have painted a very inferior, less exciting picture in the minds of God's people where if we let only the words of God form our thinking about that event, we actually see something so much better. In fact, you know what a good term for it would be? Glorious appearing. That's what I'm that's what I'm seeing when I read the scriptures, the glorious appearing. You know what I would encourage all who uh, associate with themselves with post-trib or pre-wrath? Stop calling it the rapture, start calling it the glorious appearing. You're right and it's easy to prove. It is so easy to prove that the appearing of Christ, the glorious appearing is that event of the rapture. Stop letting them use a word that they can try to define and twist. It, you, it's, you can't twist the words of God like they twist these theological terms. Let's drive them crazy. Let, keep calling it the coming of the Lord. Keep, call it our gathering together. Call it the glorious appearing. Let's use Paul's language. Let's use the language of Jesus Christ. Let's use those terms and you will make pre-tribbers flip their lid. Pre-tribbers are required. You cannot preach pre-tribulation doctrine without using these extra biblical theological terms. The words of God will expose your teaching for the just erroneous teaching that it is. So let I, I believe that is our best defense or our best attack or assault that we can put on the pre-tribulation doctrine is to start using the language of the scriptures when discussing these things, when preaching these things. Keep using those terms and force people to use the terms of the Bible. They paint. Let's let God's words paint an image in our mind and not Hal Lindsey, not Tim LaHaye. God's words. And so I hope this was a help and a blessing to you. God bless you, and we will see you all next time.